The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. C to C on a thrashing Thursday. We go to hour two. We talk the fight game with Mafia. Brian Ciano is in to talk MMA and boxing. So, uh, Benil Darius, after he won the other night, he called out Elon Musk because he wanted a new ride. And then how did that turn out for him? Worked out pretty well. I mean, not even that he just he wanted a new ride. Apparently, he had already ordered one. He, he claimed that he'd ordered it six months ago, you know, in preparation for his daughter to be coming. And now she's almost here. So he gave, the, you know, the co-op like, dude, what's taking so long? But, I mean, come on. We, we know everything is taking for a long time right now. You know, whether it be cars or, you know, some people just ordering, like, appliances. Everything's backed up with the production delays of, you know, the pandemic and whatnot and people rushing after certain things and certain uh, goods. So I guess the you know, Tesla's always one you kind of got to wait on. And it's one that he's been waiting a while, been waiting six months. So he called out Elon, and Elon responded. He said, I'll take care of you. And he gave him a loaner for now until his is ready. So he's got his car, not the one he's going to be keeping, but he's got one and told him over for now to uh, drive his daughter around. So he's rocking the Tesla car on the hizzy. Nice job by yeah. Darius to call out Musk. And then Musk gives him a car. Cyborg and Smith for a second time in Bellator 259 tomorrow night up at Mohegan. Who do you like and break it down for me? Uh, who you're always going to like in a fight that involves Chris Cyborg that she, where she's not fighting Amanda Nunez, uh, Chris Cyborg. I mean, she's steamrolled everybody in her career for the most part, except for Nunez. She is a badass, one of the best to ever grace the octagon, the cage, whatever, you know, whichever one she's been in. You know, back in Strike Force days, she's been through Strike Force, Bellator, UFC. She's been through them all and been incredible, except for, you know, when she's got to fight the top level like Nunez. She's been the second best in the history of the women's division. So I'd like her to go through Smith again. Smith fought her once before when they were both in the UFC and she lost to her. Now they're fighting again. Smith has won four of her last five here, but still, Cyborg's on another level. And I'm going to take Chris Cyborg to just beat her by mauling. All right. Uh, Cody Garbrandt is expecting title shots at 125 and 135 with a win on Saturday night. Do you think he'll get those uh, both? He might. I don't think he deserves it. But, you know, he broke it down and said, listen, you know, the way things were going before he got COVID and then got, you know, this big injury that he's recovering from, he was supposed to fight Figueredo, you know, in Figueredo's first defense of the title. He's going to drop down to 125, and they were giving him a title shot off that one of Sunset one, even though he lost three in a row before that. So he's saying, well, listen, then I got, you know, backed up. I had the COVID. I had injuries. I'm coming back now. You know, you have Figueredo and Moreno, you know, rematching after that incredible fight they put on the first time. So he had to wait for that. But he thinks, you know, since he's fighting, and then they fight in about a month, that if he wins his fight, you know, he could be the next one in line in that division to get the title shot since he was supposed to before. And, you know, also he can get a shot at the top of that division, the 135, where he's fighting right now. You know, I'll have to wait a little bit because we also, again, have a rematch coming in the Jan Sterling bout. And, of course, Aljamain Sterling just had neck surgery after that fight, so he's going to be out a little bit. So he thinks he can get a shot at 125 as long as nobody has big injuries, you know, by the end of this year, and then maybe fight for 135 title next year. 
All right, so let's talk about uh, Fury and Wilder. It looks like uh, it's going to be forced upon us. And now Bob Arum is saying it's going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas on July 24th. At least he's ordered that night at that stadium. He's got it if he wants it. It sounds like we're headed to Vegas for that fight. Uh, We'll see this thing for the third time. Yeah, it looks like we're going to get that because he flat out said, we're not going to pay Wilder to go away. We're not going to give this to guy $20 million to step aside so we can get this other fight going. That's ridiculous. So if he's not going to pay that money, then you got to fight the guy and you got to make him earn that money. And he's going to earn it probably you know, the, the very hard way if he goes anywhere like we saw in that second fight. It's going to be a bad night for him if it's anywhere close. And sure, he'll still make that money, but it's going to be in a more painful way. So Aaron says, listen, if they're going to force us to fight him, we'll fight him. We're going to go pack that stadium so we make our money and then we'll get Joshua again you know, the end of this year or next year. So we welcome in our radio affiliates, Sirius XM Channel 204, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces, Hoorah, Soldier. So uh, we're talking to Fight Game with Mafia on Coast to Coast. I'm Pharrell. Good to have you with us. Uh, so let me ask you, we saw in the first fight, Wilder knocked him down twice. Somehow God lifted him up off the canvas in the 12th, the money round, and he finished the fight. It was a draw. Second fight, Fury beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. third fight, same result, or you've seen this guy work in training, new trainer, new everything, grinding his ass off to get back. The guy's lost one fight in his career. People have written him off completely. Does he have any shot at all against Fury? Well, he always has a shot. When you got the kind of power that he has, like we've seen with you know Luis Ortiz, King Kong Ortiz all these years, you know when you have that kind of power, you can come back from a fight like he did in that Fury fight because – you know, if you just go by points, he was getting his ass kicked until he got those two knockdowns, especially that last one. That really changed the fight in most people's eyes, given when it took place. But other than that, he got his ass kicked in that fight point-wise, and then he got mauled in the second one. So you're always in a fight when you have that, you know, that puncher's chance. But he's got to redo his game. He's got to, you know, get his head right because all we've heard after that loss was excuses. There wasn't any, I did this or I did that or it's on me or this guy was just better that night. It was, you know, like we saw the, the list that Fury put out. The costume was too heavy. I didn't have legs. My trainer was, you know, giving me, you know, was poisoning me. You know, all these ridiculous things. It's just all been excuses. So he has a chance because he, he has that one knock, you know, one punch knockout power. But he's got to come in head right if he's going to win this fight. It's embarrassing, all the excuses. I think he's lost all the respect people had for him with all of his excuses. Real quick, Jake Paul, I can't believe Showtime cut a deal with Jake Paul to have a fight, several fights. Yeah, it's frustrating, you know, because you want them to, to take it legit and fight real guys and, like, at least make this guy go fight somebody who was an actual boxer before you take him on his promotional deal. But in that respect, you know, you got to, you know, see what they do too and know it's all about the money. You know, that's what all these promoters and all these channels want. And this guy is one of the hottest names right now in boxing. All these other guys that are putting out pay-per-views that aren't selling, this guy's selling, no matter if they're legit fights or not. So Shorten wants to make that money too, and they got involved with him. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, He fights no one legit, and now all of a sudden they give him a several-fight deal. I mean, that blew my mind. Hockey next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I got to tell you, Carver High, I thought that uh, Samsonov blunder behind his net in double overtime was as egregious a, a mistake as I've seen in a long time. Like, I don't know what the hell happened on that play, but he, he basically cost him the game. Yep, uh, a big-time blunder by Samsonov in the second overtime. Another tight game between the Bruins and the Capitals, but the Bruins take this one. Craig Smith with the winner, he takes advantage of the misplay. Let's hear Jack Edwards go nuts on Nesson. Smith grabs the puck and scores! Washington took a nap, and Craig Smith answers the wake-up call! The Bruins win! 3-2 in double overtime and lead the series two games to one. You know, I thought uh, Schultz buckled on the play as well. I mean, I, it was on him a little bit. I thought the goalie screwed it up. I think he thought that he was leaving it for Schultz, and Schultz never uh, finished the play. He, like, buckled. He turned. He, like, hesitated. And Smith just uh, stole the puck from you know, behind the uh, goal and wrapped around and burned him alive at the stake. It was unbelievable. It was a huge error in judgment, uh, a huge mistake. I thought the most telling sign of all was, uh, you know, Ovechkin after the game just lighting up everyone, screaming at uh, the goalie, screaming at everybody that screwed it up. Yeah, Ovi gave the business to Samsonov after the game, and uh, 11 of the last 12 playoff games between the Bruins and the Capitals have been one Goal games, all three games so far in this series go to overtime. They will play game four tomorrow night in Boston. Big one for the Caps. Also last night, the Avalanche beat the Blues 6-3 to to take a 2-0 lead in that series. The hat trick for Nathan McKinnon in the game. It did get ugly in the third period. Nazem Kadri laid out. Justin Falk, I mean, this guy, was he went to sleep, Sky. This is like a UFC fight. Falk was down on the ground. He was finished. Dirty headshot. Kadri gets ran. Five-minute major in the game. Craig Berube, St. Louis Blues coach afterwards, he didn't really want to talk much about that or the other, quote-unquote, cheap shots that were going on in that game. Here's Berube. Craig, you, you were upset after the Barnshire penalty. Were you upset at the penalty or at the, the pick play that happened before the Pick penalty? play. And obviously you thought that should have been called, right? Definitely. There was other ones, too. Yeah, the, 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 the elbow. A lot of detail. Bortuzzo. He's talking about the overall frustration of the, I don't want to say headhunting, but the physical play on the upper body by the other team. Yeah, well, the legal look at those uh, hits, and uh, they'll do what they have to do. Well, you know, what's great about it is 
uh, you know, I, for me, knowing him, he was like one of the dirtiest players I ever saw. So <laughs> listening to him, like, talk about other people being dirty is almost laughable because Craig Berube was a dirty, cheap shot artist himself. So he, he comes from that school of hard knocks. I mean, if there was anyone that threw cheap shots in his career, it was Craig Berube. He was a nasty, violent, dirty, stick-swinging player himself. To see him acting like uh, he was stunned that there were cheap shots. Look, I'll tell you what. They have to win game three, no questions asked. And let's just get real here for a second. They got their ass beat in Rado. They got outskated, outplayed, outhustled, outhit, out everything. The Blues are in big trouble. They either win game three or they're going to get swept. The Jets beat the Oilers 4-1 to one to take game one. Connor McDavid back in the playoffs did not produce in the first game. One shot on goal, no goals, no assists. But here's Connor McDavid after the game trying to sell you that he thought the Oilers did some things good in the game. Here's Connor. What? Uh, yeah, I think everyone expected that. Um, you know, I actually didn't mind the game. I thought we did a lot of good things. We... Um, I thought we had to talk a lot of the night, played in there, um, put a lot of pucks there. Um, you know, just didn't find a way to get to, to, to get one. Um, that's the way it goes. They get a tip. We don't, um, and let's play off hockey. Uh, no, no. I mean, I don't even know what to say with that. That that's embarrassing. Like, I got to tell you, like we were talking about it when it was happening. Here's the guy that they sell us is the greatest player in the world. And he had one shot on goal. And then afterwards, he said, we did a lot of good things. They got stomped by a team that's won one game in two months. Look, I'm sorry. That kid cannot sit there last night after that game when he had 100-plus points in 56 games, and they're playing a team that hasn't won a game in six weeks, and to sit up there and say, well, you know, they got a tip, and, you know, we didn't get anything. Like, dude, I'm sorry. That's just not how it works. You're the best in the league. You're the guy who's supposed to get it done. You should have had two goals and an assist last night. I'm sorry. That's just that's just the way it rolls. They weren't playing, uh, you know, the 91 Penguins here or the 85 Oilers. Uh, they were playing the Winnipeg. And they had their two best players out of the lineup. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. So game two tomorrow night in Edmonton. We'll see if McDavid can step up to the plate and get it done. Elsewhere last night, Carolina goes up 2-0 on Nashville after a 3-0 win. They are going to sweep that series, Scotty. I'm sorry. I just don't see a lot of life. How about Nashville last night? 0 for 7 on the power play. 0 for 7. I don't think there's been seven power plays in the first two games of the Islanders and the Penguins combined. And this team had seven power plays last night against the Hurricanes and couldn't score. Well, I think it's because the uh, you know I think the refs realize that they're getting uh, their lunch served to them, and if they don't give them some opportunities to get back into the games, they're going to get swept. And it's gotten so ugly that I mean they look pathetic. So I think they're giving them uh, you know calls, and they're not taking advantage of it. They're just going through the motions and not producing at all. I really have my doubts that they're going to go home to Smashville in the Bridgestone and lay an egg. I, I really, I think they'll come out tomorrow night and I think they'll win the game. I think they're going to get dirty. I think they're going to get physical and I think they're going to skate like the wind uh, because they have no other choice. If they don't, again, here's another situation like the blues. If the predators don't come out and play like they're on fire, like literally their skates are on fire, 
uh, they're going to get swept. I agree with you. Before we get to tonight's games, uh, when the Rangers throw John Davidson away, the Blue Jackets go and scoop him back up. He returns to Columbus as the president of hockey operations. Still don't know why the Rangers fired him, but now he goes back to Columbus where he was before the Ranger job. So good job for J.D. Tonight, Scotty, four games, including, of course, Game three, Islanders-Penguins at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders minus 116, the favorite right now. Looks like Semyon Varlamov will be in Nets. Also looks like Evgeny Malkin is going to play tonight for the Penguins. Elsewhere, we have the Panthers and the Lightning. Game three in Tampa. Tampa, the favorite, minus 142. The Leafs and the Canadians finally play game one tonight in Toronto. Minus 205 for the Leafs and the Knights. Go to Minnesota tonight. That is even minus 108 each way. Yeah, I think the Lightning still beat the Panthers uh, at home. I I think they're lethal. Uh, They're playing like Stanley Cup champs. I don't see any reason uh, that the Panthers are going to go in there and beat their ass. It's not happening. I want the Penguins, but I I like the Islanders uh, in their barn tonight to win. I think Varlamov was great. I think the Penguins will have trouble scoring again. I hope they don't, but I think they will. I'm I'm on... uh, the Islanders. I'm on the Leafs, but uh, if there's one team that'll uh, play like the Oilers, it'll be the Leafs. Uh, everyone thinks the Leafs are automatic. I will not be surprised at all if they lose tonight to the Canadians in game one, but I bet on the Leafs, and I'm taking the Wild in an upset of the XL. They're going to beat the Knights tonight and take a one lead in the series. Wow, the Wild tonight in Minnesota. And listen, I'm taking the Canadians tonight in game one. They're not going to win the series, but I think that they come out and they surprise Toronto like Winnipeg did last night to Edmonton. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to our boy Denny Bernstein about all of this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We always love hooking up with Denny Bernstein from the fourth period and NHL Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Dennis TFP, the fourth period, obviously. Uh, All right, Denny, I want to go back at least to start uh, to last night. Uh, We just went through all this, but I got to get your opinions on this stuff. Like, I couldn't believe the meltdown by Samsonov behind the goal, but Schultz was, you know, he was leaving it for Schultz, and Schultz kind of buckled on the play. I couldn't even believe what I saw, let alone that Smith was the guy that wrapped it around and finished it. I mean, what a blunder. 
Yeah, awful. You saw how hot Ovi was on that game winner. But, Scotty, it's a situation where a player hasn't played in weeks. There's a lack of communication in a big spot, and you wind up losing a game that might cost you the series. So, yeah, it's tough, but this guy's been out on the COVID list for a while. It's no shock. It shouldn't be a surprise, but you can't lose a game that way. And there's not much to separate these teams. So when you make a mistake like that and it costs you a game, again, that could turn the tide in the Bruins' cap series. I actually thought, Denny, that the Capitals, uh, they hit the uh, post twice uh, in the overtimes. I I couldn't believe, uh, to be honest with you, I thought they outplayed the Bruins. I thought they should have won the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, but that's what happens. But you got to make a play in a big spot. And then posts don't count, Scotty. That's the problem. You need another guy to come in and finish. And they didn't have that. I don't think there's much to to pick between these teams. I still think it goes seven. I certainly think the Caps can rally. This is probably the closest series of them all. Uh, But, again, again, this is a one play that really could cost you, and it's a mental error. It's okay if somebody makes a great play, makes a great rush, makes a great shot. But when you make an error behind the net, the guy wraps it around to win the game. That's the toughest way to lose a playoff game, Scotty. My guess is is that Ovechkin's not having it and that they'll come out and win that game tomorrow (laughs) night. Yeah, he'll set up his one-timer in his office on the power play. They'll get a couple of power play goals. You know, Boston's given him a lot of opportunity going in the box. Marshawn's got to stop this nonsense. I get that's his game, Scotty, but you can't do this in the postseason. You can't take unsportsmanlike minors and think you're going to get away with it against this team that's really good on the power play. So I think that'll come back to bite him in the butt in game four, and I agree with you. Again, I think this is going seven. I've always felt that uh, in a fight, whether it's in the NHL or in the streets, the little guy has an advantage as long as he has a weapon. And your boy Marshan's <laughs> always got that wooden stick in his hands. He is a he's like a butcher. He's got that sharp stick all razored out. He took a guy's neck in the like, game before <laughs> that. He went up around the face. Like if you got a weapon, it doesn't matter how little you are, Denny. And Scott, he went around. He went around the neck of the uh, a linesman as well. He took two guys out with that stick. The, uh, but the problem is with Marshawn. Scott, he was the third leading scorer in the league this year. It's not like he's he's not Tom Wilson, right? This is a guy who's probably going to be on some MVP ballots. He's that an effective a player, but you really got to tone it down. You got to watch it because they're watching for this in the postseason, and you don't want to give the Caps any advantage to get back in the series. You want to try them to get to the three one lead in Game Four, and then try to close them out in DC in Game Five. He is still a really good player. He's never really oh. aged. He's timeless. Yeah. The Canes are just killing the Predators. What are they going to have to do yeah. in Smashville to get back in the series? I said uh, to Carver High, they got to skate like they're on fire. Yeah. Yeah. This is their game seven, Scotty. And Saros has to be great again. Like, if he doesn't put up, you know, a 945, 950 save percentage in game three, they're done. I love Carolina. I think I said it to you a couple of weeks. They are smart. They are deep. They are fast. They are dangerous. It wouldn't shock me if we had a Colorado-Carolina final. They are that good. Tampa, if they get by Florida, and Florida's breaking my heart. I love them in that series, but it's just not going to happen based on the first two games. But Tampa's going to have their hands full of Carolina. This is a team that definitely can win the Stanley Cup. I've said on the show, uh, they move the puck on that power play oh. faster than any team in the league. Their, their tape-to-tape passing is scintillating. It's really, really impressive the way they move the puck. Let's talk about what Connor McDavid didn't do last night, which was anything. Yeah. Hey, Scotty, just proves it's not a two-man game in this league. As great as Connor and Leon are, they don't have the depth to win big-time games. And it, to me, you're right. The most disappointing thing is coming off last season, going in the bubble, losing at home, getting embarrassed by a Chicago team, 
that didn't deserve to be in the postseason last year. That's your first game out of the box against a team like Carver Hyde mentioned in the break. I think before in the last segment, they won one game in two months. Like you can't right. do that. You need that two goal, two assist performance that everybody's bragging on you. And you know, it's just a different game, Scotty. It doesn't matter who you're playing in the postseason. You have to fight for every inch. And they just didn't fight enough, to be honest with you. There wasn't enough pushback against the Winnipeg team that is waiting to lose, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I picked I didn't think it would be that easy for Edmonton. I picked them in six, but you gotta be better in this one. And I agree with you on the post game. You got to say, hey, look, I wasn't good enough. The team wasn't good enough. We need to be way better in game two. Not saying, oh, they got a lucky tip and that's why they won the game. I, that was embarrassing. I, I can't even imagine what I heard come out of his mouth. All right, so yeah. uh, the Avalanche skate like the Russian Red Army. I think their speed is absolutely destroying the Blues in the sense that, Denny, what I'm seeing is no room for error. Like, you cannot make None. mistakes when they skate that fast and move that fast and cycle that fast and play that fast that when you're defending that and skating backwards on your heels and trying to stop that, the littlest mistake with your stick along the wall, the littlest mistake on a pass in your own end, and it's lights out. I think the room for error is so small for the Blues. That's where their problems are. Their transition game is unbelievable, Colorado. And that's why I think it's Colorado and Carolina. You look at the transition game of both teams, I think that's what gets you to a championship round. But I agree with you. But with all that said, Scotty, St. Louis was in that game. They never quit. They're resilient. They're going to fight and battle you. I give them a puncher's chance in game one. I don't think it's a sweep. But, yeah, if you turn the puck over in your own zone and you're not ready to defend, you're done. I know Connor McDavid's the best player in the league. But you can't tell me that if you were starting a team that you might not want to think about having Nathan McKinnon as your first guy. You may not want to think – you may want to have to think about that one. He is, man. Even – it's got a game one, that hat trick goal. He fired that puck into an empty net. Man, he is ready. He's primed. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. He is that good. But I agree with you. Top to bottom, they're a deep, dangerous team. I think the question mark with them is a little bit on defense. Grubauer, he's probably run up to Vasilevsky with respect to the Vesna. Their forwards, though, are amazing. But again, Nas Khatri, what are you doing? I mean, you're really cautioning team. I don't think it's going to cost them in this round. But if you go on to the next round and play Vegas and he's suspended for that round too, he could wind up costing him a title. I got to tell you, though, listening to Baruby talk about cheap shots is like listening to your <laughs> ex-wife. I mean, this guy was one of the dirtiest players I ever saw. It's gamesmanship. It's a little bit hypocritical. You're right. But, of course, what's he going to say? He doesn't want that player in playing against them right now. So, But I agree with you. Craig Baruby was, was no Eagle Scout when he played in this league. Will the Leafs be the Oilers tonight and screw up against the Canadians despite all their success and how good they are? I think Carver High's losing money tonight. I like them in a. I like the Leafs in a sweep. I do. I, I don't. I don't. I, I just. I don't think they can figure out a way to beat this team. That that's the way. And I get the first game out of the box. All the pressures on the Leafs. I get all that. I just don't think Cole Caulfield's gonna not gonna play. He's the one guy that scored big goals in the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, they were kind of in the playoffs. They weren't playing big time competition. Maybe the experience factor you want to factor in. But with respect to me, I think that's a short series. I, I just think every time I watch Montreal uh, play uh, Toronto, 
I don't think they have a clue on how to beat that team. They're going to have to get a big performance from goaltending. They have to be the much more physical team. I don't think they can catch this team. I think it's a short series for Toronto. You're probably right, but every time uh, my team plays the Canadians, I lose. Every time yeah, my no. team plays the Islanders, I lose. Uh, so don't tell me that they can't beat the crappy Leafs, who always lose. Since 1967, I was two years old when they won the Cup. All right, right. so uh, I'm taking the Wild tonight at the XL. Look, I knew it was going to be tough for Vegas. I didn't think it was going to be this tough. Like, they're in deep here. And if they went tonight the Wild, again, Scotty, it's, it's, it's the center position, right? The first game out of the box. Like, what were people talking about? Well, Vegas isn't going to win. It's because they can't score. And they get shut out the first game. The Wild, they're dynamic. They're getting great golden tending from Cam Talbot. And this is despite Marc-Andre Fleury being otherworldly. He's been amazing. And they're 1-1 going back to XL. They're a live underdog. I, I think they're a great bet tonight. I think this is a long series, at least six, maybe seven. Because, Scotty, this is the one team. Everybody said, who's the one team in the league that gives Vegas the most trouble? The Minnesota Wild. That's and they've right. proven it. And, and they're doing it without – like, Joel Erickson-Eck, Nico Sturm, and, and Ryan Hartman are their centers. Like, that, that's a testament to this team, how they play defense. And they're not afraid of this team. They're not intimidated by a Vegas team that's big, that's physical, and not for nothing – they mix the Vegas Golden Knights miss Max Pacioretty. Having Patches out of the lineup, their best finisher, is really hurting this team. For a team that doesn't have a lot of offense in the middle, to take Max out of the mix. I love Mark Stone. He's not the minute finisher that Max is. I think that's a big uh, minus at this point in time for Vegas. They need him back in the lineup. All right, so uh, I'm going to skip the Lightning because they're kicking the Panthers' ass so yeah. badly right now. And I just wanted to express to you how much I hate Carver High and the Islanders. So the Penguins <laughs> go into that smelly – urinal-infested building that they play in with rats and mice and cockroaches, and uh, they're going to play that stupid-ass Islander team tonight. What's going to happen to my Penguins? Going to have trouble scoring goals again against Varlamov? He's like, oh, my God, the guy was like a brick wall. Well, Gino's going to be back in, so you move Jeff Carter down to the 3C. That gives you more firepower on the 3C. Scotty, it's as simple as this. First of all, you only got a few more four weeks to, to rag on Nassau because they're going to UBS next year and you won't be able to use that take, right? But um, they got to make plays in a big spot. That's what they have to do. The Penguins have to be, and they haven't done that historically in the last couple of seasons. They haven't done it against the Islanders. When it's 3-2, when it's 2-1, they need to make the big play to either put them ahead or even them in the game. All right, uh, Danny, I love you. Enjoy the games tonight. I got to tell you, the first round is better than sex because when they go to the second round, there's fewer games, fewer games on TV. When there's four games every night, I mean, I don't even talk to my family. I don't even see them. I think hockey's the greatest thing ever. All right, Danny, we love you. Thanks for coming on Coast to Coast. Enjoy the games tonight. You're the best, Scotty. Thanks. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Our baseball insider on Sports Grid and, and coast to coast for Ellen Bench is Bob Nightingale of the USA Today for over two decades. I've been talking baseball with Bob. Hey, uh, Bob, I got to start with the Giants. I mean, they put 19 on the Reds this afternoon, grand slams. It was all evolving rapidly. Duger hit one out. I, I got to ask you. Uh, the way they played, they're 12 games over 500. Their lead is one over San Diego. But it really is an incredible story when you look at what, you know, I'm not that surprised at the White Sox. I am surprised at the Giants. When everyone thought the Giants and, and the Orioles would be the two worst teams in baseball, and it's anything but. Yeah, the Giants are, you know, maybe the biggest surprise in baseball, certainly the biggest in the uh, National League by far. Uh, I don't know how long it'll last, but for a team that's rebuilding and being first place in a very tough division with the Dodgers and the Padres is stunning. Uh, I mean, right now, if you had manager of the year vote in National League, it would certainly be Gabe Kapler. Now, it's a thin team. I'm not, you know, they got to stay pretty much injury-free. Uh, you know, they need a uh, guys like Longoria and Crawford to stay healthy and Bannon Belt at first and Posey looks like he's 20 years younger right now. So we'll see how long it lasts. But it also shows that no matter what happens this year, they're not far away. And they're going to spend some big-time money this winter. I mean, they've gotten the pitching too, Bob. And I have to tell you, it's been stunning. I am on the same wavelength as you. I said on this show so much as a week ago, 10 days, that I don't see it lasting based on, you know, August, September injuries. At some point, these old geezers that they have on this team, it's got to catch up with them. But right now, there's been no sign of that at all whatsoever. No, you know, a lot of it I thought, well, okay, they're pitching in San Francisco. They, you know, the uh, ballpark is built for pitchers, the best pitchers ballpark in baseball. But yet when they, you know, do that with Cincinnati, it's a good offensive uh, team in Cincinnati, which is a bandbox. You know, very, very impressive what they're doing. Uh, we'll see. I mean, right now, you know, like you said, no matter what happens, they'll spend money this winter. Then you say, okay, they're going to be pushing the Dodgers next year for sure for uh, to finally end that title run the Dodgers have. I mean, they've won five in a row, eight of ten. But how about the Padres? Uh, they've won six in a row and nine of ten. And then the Dodgers have turned it around after stinking it up. Uh, and they've won three in a row and eight of ten. I mean, it is truly unbelievable what these three teams are doing. Yeah, it's very possible. Both wildcard teams come out of the West this year. Um, and the Padres are doing that, too, without Tatis. He was on the COVID list along with Eric Hosmer, and they had like five or six guys out. So it shows how much depth they have. It's almost like Dodger-esque type depth. They could be very scary, and they meet up again in June. So we'll see what happens uh, there, see if we can have the same type of series we had the uh, first two rounds. What did you think when Tatis came back and busted off a home run and a four-for-four four, like – uh, like he didn't even have to blow his nose, and the guy comes out, he's swinging a massive piece of lumber. Yeah, I mean, exceptional talent. I mean, it's a, you know, unreal how much talent this guy has. And nobody saw it. I know people say, oh, what a, 
a blunder by the White Sox when they traded him away, you know, for James Shields a few years ago. Well, 28 other teams had the chance to get him for nothing, too, and everybody they've asked. So, I don't, even the Padres, I don't think anybody saw this coming. So, did you see the Pujols thing coming? Speaking of uh, seeing things coming, uh, I can't believe how it turned out for him that he's playing with the Dodgers. I'm not buying that either for one minute, Bob, that that's going to do anything. The guy was hitting a buck in, in Anaheim. I think they did the right thing in getting rid of him. I think his career's shot. I mean, he's brilliant. He's going to Cooperstown. Don't get me wrong. But do you really see this guy doing anything with the Dodgers, honestly? Well, I think it's going to help. And I think just he's going to get, you know, invigorated by being with the Dodgers and such a great team. I was in St. Louis two years ago when he looked like the old Albert Pujols. Just he was so fired up, the adrenaline rush, uh, playing in that ballpark. So, and I think the same thing's going to happen to the Dodgers. Hey, he's not going to be an everyday first baseman, but he's going to play a few days a week, particularly with all these injuries. And what, what they're doing off the bench, they had just two rookies who weren't doing anything. So if you're an opposing manager... I don't care if Albert Pujols is in the same Pujols in St. Louis. You still say, you know what? This guy can hit the ball at the ballpark. This guy can drive and runs. We're going to be careful here. And just remember that he can come up off that bench at any time. So why didn't he do that in Anaheim ever? I, I just think it was kind of a, a, a falling out. I think he thought with Anaheim, either plays every day or not. Obviously, they wanted to play Walsh there at first base. Uh, Otani's a DH. And, uh, you know, I think he was thinking, I'm not going to do it for these guys. Uh, you know, a little bit of a falling out there with the, uh, you know, Joe Madden, and I'll, I'll do it somewhere else. So when the Dodgers stepped up and called, he thought it was a perfect fit. What did you think of uh, seeing, like, you know, we've seen six no-hitters now, and we're seeing them now, it seems like, every other night. I mean, one of them was, two of them were within 24 hours of each other, weren't they? Like, Kluber's, uh, you know, just last night. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And there were eight teams on uh, last night with the Kluber no-hitter that had four hits or fewer. Uh, you know, the Dodgers only, I mean, the uh, Yankees only had four hits themselves. So, it's out of control right now. You know, I don't want to take anything away from these guys who are no-hitters, but we are seeing them as often as we are. It just takes away the luster. It's like, hey, no big deal. You know, we're kind of yawning. It's almost like the guys in the NBA have just scored 50 points. Okay, we're, we're seeing that too often. And I think the same thing with the no-hitters. It used to be such a special thing. Everybody gathers around their TV set and, hey, this guy might throw a no-hitter. Now, every single night you're getting alerts on your phone and everything else. This guy's got no-hitter no through six, through seven. And uh, what is it? I think there's been 14 complete games this year. Six of those complete games have been no-hitters. I mean, and not only that, Bob, but how about the fact that almost all of them were close to perfect games? Like they were one walk, one hit batsman. It's like, and then how about Spencer Turnbull? I was like on the show yesterday, I'm like, who the F is Spencer Turnbull? Who the F is that? Like, and this guy throws a no-hitter. And then he had one walk. Like, it's crazy that, like, they're almost perfect games. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, was it uh, a drop, third strike, and two uh, two hit batters? We'd, we'd have three perfect games. You know, it's not like it's DeGrom throwing these games or, or Garrett Cole. It's, you know, guys, kind of obscure guys, like you said, uh, guys like Wade Miley doing it. So I think that's what takes away from it, too. Like, how are these guys doing it?
Bumgardner had one as well. A seven-inning one, Bob. Look at Bob hitting the vodka in the middle of the interview. That is awesome, Bob. Nice effort. I need it. Yeah. Strong. Carver High is reaching for a Bud Light as we speak. So what did you, what, what, what did you think of Mad Bum's seven-inning? Did he deserve the no-hitter? I'll go both ways. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing no-hitter parentheses seven, you know, because it wasn't a nine-inning thing. Uh, that's what I hate about these seven-inning double-hitters. I think we're done with them after this year. But, you know, a four-man mad bomb is the sense that, hey, those were the rules. And they said, okay, this game's only going seven innings. So seven innings and no-hit ball. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a real no-hitter. Uh, what, what was the stat? Nolan Ryan had 23, 24 games where he had no hitter through seven. So, you know, those don't count. He was pitch count was getting up there. You get more pressure in the last two innings. So who knows whether he would have done it or not over nine innings. But those were, those were the rules. And uh, uh, I think we'll see a lot more seven inning no hitters this summer. Hill had a good game today for the Rays. They've won seven in a row all of a sudden. And I think, unless I'm mistaken, I, they did jump. Uh, in front of the Yankees in the standings, even though the Yankees uh, beat Texas today. Uh, what do you think of the way the Rays are playing all of a sudden? Well, pretty impressive. You know, it kind of reminds me of Cleveland. We think, hey, the Rays gave up. You know, they traded away Snell. They uh, let a, uh, you know, the veteran go, Charlie Morn. You know, like, what are they doing? I guess they're not trying to win. You know, Cleveland dumps off Francisco Lindor uh, and Carrasco. You know, what are they doing? You know, their closer, Brad Hand, they had to bring him back. And they're, you know, fighting tooth and nail with the uh, Chicago White Sox. They're right there with them with great pitching. So both organizations you know, are able to unload, kind of rebuild, and, and win at the same time. So impressive. So, Bob, what do you think of the LaRusa situation? They're in first place. Uh, their, you know, record speaks for itself. Do you buy that all these players are turning on Tony LaRussa, and does it matter with the juice and power that he has with Reinsdorf? I don't think the, you know, honestly, the players, they think they got all this juice, and I think LaRussa is the one holding the cards. Well, exactly. And I, I don't believe for a second that the clubhouse has turned on him. If the clubhouse had turned on him, they would be playing, you know, having the best record in all of baseball. So I don't believe that for a second. Are there some guys? Sure. There are some guys in every single clubhouse in baseball that don't care for the manager. You know, I don't care who you are. I think Bobby Cox is the only manager I've heard of in my life that I've never heard a negative uh, thing about. So, no, he still has that commands, that respect. Uh, hey, they had a lot of talent the last couple of years, too. You know, so why are they winning now? Obviously, LaRusse is doing something right. Uh, you know, I don't agree with what he did with the Mercedes situation, the home run. You know, I, I agree with, okay, he, he's the first guy in 20 years to swing at a 3-0 pitch when your team's up by 10 runs. Uh, you know, he blew a sign, either intentionally or, uh, or or didn't see it. So it was fine to, you know, discipline him or reprimand him behind the closed doors. But I don't know about publicly humiliating him like LaRusso did. Listen, if you're going to throw an EFIS pitch, uh, the consequences should follow. Uh, if it's just a joke, then Grinky, why does he throw it? This kid comes in and throws it. He's not a pitcher, but he throws it. If you're going to throw it, you should have the I'm with Bauer. You should have the right to get it lit and knocked out of the park. If you're going to throw junk and you think it's funny or it's just a joke, well, then I'll tell you what a really j a good joke is, one with a punchline like a home run. Well, yeah, and that, that's the thing. I hate all these position players pitching. It drives me crazy. 
So that team's giving up and embarrassing themselves. And, you know, how about the integrity of the game? And so if they want to embarrass themselves, hey, embarrass them more by hitting home runs off them. Don't help them out by striking out and lowering your own batting average uh, and all that. Punish them as much as you can because they're making the, they're the ones making the mockery of the game by having a position player in there. It must hey, the be Minnesota nice Twins, they had, they had six guys in the bullpen with at least one day of rest. Why didn't they use one of those guys? So they're the ones who chose to kind of throw the white flag up and forfeit. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, take advantage. You're right. Uh, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Let me, uh, lastly here, I got one minute. The Cardinals uh, are playing great. I love Arenado on that team. I knew it was going to work. I, I think they'll win the Central. I always believed they would. But I have to tell you, the last time the Pirates beat the Cardinals, let me check, 1908, it says here. The last time <laughs> the Pirates beat the Cardinals in a game. It's unbelievable just the uh, the number they've had over the Pirates over the years. I mean, the Pirates have had some good teams about five, six years ago. But, yeah, it's a, uh, a mind-boggling for someone to dominate like that. You know, it's like a football power in college, you know, <laughs> beating up on the uh, little sisters of the poor, you know, 50 straight years. Yeah, that's Alabama playing Mercer at the end of the year every year <laughs> and putting 60 on them. Watching the Pirates lose to the Cardinals, I mean, it is like – uh, it is just so automatic. Like every single time they play them, I bet against the Pirates, and all I do is cash tickets. It's crazy. Bob, great <laughs> stuff. Uh, let's see how these hot teams, if they stay that way. We'll get you back on Coast to Coast soon. Thanks for coming on today and talking baseball with us, my man. All right, my pleasure. Look forward to it. Thanks, guy. All right, there you go. Uh, Bob Nightingale, of course, with the USA Today. Just an update. Astros lead the A's 5-3 in the top of the sevens with a runner at first and one out. Angels up 7-1 in game one of that doubleheader with the Twins in the bottom of the sixth. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Connor's at five under now. The Canadian with a two-stroke lead, and he's on 17. He's still got two holes to finish, and he rolled one in from 30, 40 feet off the green on 15. Had a wedge into 16 within four feet. Drano, he's up two strokes on a pack of wolves at three under. The PGA for the Pharrell Maker is shaping up for a fantastic weekend on the ocean course at Kiowa. All right, Carver High. Florida House passes the sports betting deal with the Seminole Tribe and Governor DeSantis. They're going to have sports betting in 
South FLA with all of that gorgeous hunk, hunk, hunk. NCAA Division I Council plans to hash out athlete pay in June. I'll believe it when I see it. Fox News continues covering Bob Baffert. They wonder if the cancel culture is the reason he's out at the Belmont Stakes. Danica Patrick's going to drive the pace card, the Indianapolis 500 next weekend. By the way, more importantly, Monaco, the Grand Prix is this Sunday, and that's the one with all the rich celebrities and all the strippers and hookers and all the casinos and money and Monte Carlo and all the yachts and cash and drugs and champagne. That's the best car race in the world. Monaco, I want to go there and party with Keith Richards. I want to go to Monaco, Carver High, like you read about. Uh, A 224-pound Russian woman reportedly killed her husband by sitting on his face with her gigantic ass and... The autopsy said he was killed by her buttocks. <laughs> that is awesome. Her big fat ass killed him. That is fantastic. That may be the best story ever. A cop in England is going to get fired for saying he stirred his co-worker's team with his package. <laughs> He dipped his package in his tea. There's your Bigelow tea. Good morning. <laughs> An alligator chased people through a Wendy's parking lot in Florida. And two million worth of cocaine washed up on an Alabama shore. Why doesn't that happen to me? The only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information. But we just call it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 